it's Crystal. Hey, it's Jessica. We're two friends in two different chapters of life coming together to chat about life, love, work, family drama, and everything in between. Join us as we lean into living out loud and navigating through life's messy challenges on this journey to find joy in being intentionally human. Hi, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Intentionally Human. We're here with y'all for cocktails and combos. Yes, we are. I've got my Jack ready. Awesome. So Crystal, I know that we kind of are coming into this week just wanting to catch up. It's been a while for us since we've just sat down and talked and recorded it. How have you been? What's been going on? Yeah, I am so glad to be back. I'm not going to lie. I did miss you um, and miss our weekly recordings, but things have been super busy over here. Um, As you all know, my kids play a ton of sports, so we are in full swing with baseball. We've had like volleyball tournaments. Like I felt like a walking zombie there for a little while because it was just so busy. Go, go, go. Mm. So it's really nice to have a little bit of a breather, but yeah, definitely glad to be back and to be connecting with you. I know I'm cracking up because it really has only been one week since we recorded, but it feels feels like like forever. I know you're my normal Sunday night routine. So having a Sunday where I didn't talk to you, we were still texting that Sunday. I know we (laughs) we couldn't just stop doing it. And that's okay. That was fun. And it was, I felt really good about it until Tuesday rolled around and I started getting texts from people saying, oh, hey, I really miss that there's not a show today. And I was like, oh, now I feel bad. Like we've let somebody down. Um, But I just reassured them that we got some really good stuff coming Mm -hmm. and to stick with us. And so they're excited. And this is going to be good, I think. I think so too. I'm really excited for this new format. I think once we start doing the Sonder interviews and getting those out there, it's going to be something really special that we can all dive into together. And then I'm, I'm excited to like share more about other people and not just us. I feel like we talk about us a lot, um, I know. which we are tonight. I know us, yeah. <laughs> but it's going to be really nice to get to know our listeners and share some other lives with them and some other perspectives. I know. I'm really excited to get the Sonder sessions going. I have all of these ideas and poor Jessica's probably sick of me sending them to her because I'm like, oh, <laughs> I, I want to interview this kind of a person or this expert. And so like, we're always talking about just who we can learn more about and it's going to be really fun. Yes. I um, have actually been like, since I'm on the dating apps and you keep sending me like, hey, we should interview a person like this. Now I'm like, should I just use this as a way to meet people so that we can interview them? <laughs> Which is really messed up because I would, (laughs) that's not what they're intended for. But sometimes I do run into an interesting person that I'm like, they would be great for the podcast. (laughs) I mean, it's all about networking, right? I mean, you never know who you're going to meet or why you're going to meet them. So exactly. Be open-minded, right? Like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. If anybody wants to try and date me and they hear this, like, just know now that you might end up on the podcast. (laughs) We might ask if you want to be on the podcast. Yeah. Oh, just craziness. And yeah, so you've had a really busy week. Yeah. I've also had a really busy week. I have been very much the workaholic this week, just like working back to back when I'm not working, baking and getting orders out in 
stuff for flower child and then also trying to like go on dates um <laughs> i had one date where it ended up being a facetime date and you'll appreciate this we since we have our new lights for the show that make us look really beautiful on camera i actually used mine during my facetime date to make me look better because <laughs> i didn't have time to put on <laughs> makeup or anything so like well That's if i backlight it a certain way <laughs> then i can um at least look pretty and <laughs> like no. kind of like them. I think it's great because I got mine after you got yours. And so now I'm like, I'm just going to carry this around with me everywhere I go because it definitely helps the skin look a little smoother. It and does. So Kim Kardashian, yeah, yeah, the Kardashians actually have these. Kim did like a whole thing for oh those my cases where it does it for your phone, for your selfies. And I thought it was so vain in the moment. And yeah. then like us being bit. on camera every single week though, I realized that I was really getting, um, a little bit more self-conscious about the way I looked, how I talked, all of that. Cause I was just zoning in, like when we're cutting those videos to post and all that, just so constantly seeing myself that I was right? like, Oh God, do I, do I look like that when I talk? Like, is that I what know. I look like when I laugh? Everybody sees this. Why are we all told me? <laughs> I mean, I think you look great, but we do this. Cause I'll be like, Oh God, Jess, you look great. And I look kind of funky. And then you're like, Never. no, you looked great. I thought I looked weird. So I think we're our own worst critic. Um, so yeah, I just don't look at myself now. I just look at you when I look at the videos. I'm like, oh, it's to me. Don't, don't look at that. Just turn away. I know. I try to look at you the whole time too. And then I'll catch myself looking at myself. I'm like, no, don't be vain. But I, I could really see how somebody that's constantly in the spotlight, who's making money off of their looks, because for celebrities, yeah. whether they want to or not, like your image is a part of your like commodity. Like your image yeah. has to be up kept in a way so that you sell things and that you get booked for things. And I think that's such hard like that's so much pressure to be under. And I kind of feel yeah. bad, like that they're always having to be on the cutting edge of like whatever new technology is coming out, yeah. whatever the new trends are, that's really hard to do and keep up with. And that's pressure that I don't think I could ever live with. I would not be happy oh. in that scenario. No, there's a part of me, don't kick me under the table here, Jessica, but there's a part of me that's like, I hope nobody listens to our show. I hope people don't like share it because then, then people start to know who you are. Right. And then yeah. I know we'll never be, you know, Brad Pitt over here, but you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, then it's like, it's kind of that same pressure. Like, Oh, I have, you know, I don't know. It's just kind of scary to like put yourself out there and feel like so you have scary. to pay attention to your appearance and, and your image and all of that stuff. Mm -hmm. And even like the kids we were talking today, we were in the car and um, my son asked me, they're like, mom, what is it like for famous people when they go out in public? Like, can they do that? And I was like, well, yeah, they can, but there's going to be people that recognize them and want their autograph and want to take pictures and want to stop and talk to them. And so it's challenging sometimes for them to be able to go out there and just live a normal life. And they were like, oh, so if we become famous YouTubers, because this is like every kid's dream yeah. now, they're like, would you just have to do all of our stuff for us? Because, you know, people would, people would want to talk to us, but they wouldn't know who you were, mom. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I was like, I guess, I guess I could be your manager and do all of your stuff. Um, because I'm never going to be famous. I said, I don't mind being rich one day, but I don't mm -hmm. necessarily want the fame because it's so much pressure to be out there and it's have everybody, so you know, recognize scrutinize you. you. Yeah, like, and scrutinize you. Like the amount of times that you can be scrolling through Instagram and see comments under somebody's post, half of them are really great and supportive. And the other half are just tearing that person down. And it's like, you don't know anything about them other than what they share with you. And that is, that is the image that they're portraying. That is not their reality. 
And I, I think also we share too much of our reality to be famous. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know how to not overshare. And I feel like the more yeah. I got put under pressure, the more I just like mouth vomit stuff. And oh, oh gosh, yeah. people would be, no, not for me. <laughs> They'd be like, oh my God, I'm afraid to come ask for your autograph. Are you going to talk my ear off for 42 minutes about and I I will. Know, your kids' volleyball <laughs> tournament? Maybe we would, maybe I might, <laughs> I'd be like, Oh, I made a new friend. Like, do you want to hang out? And they'd be like, no, <laughs> just really wanted your autograph. Yeah. Can I have my pin back? I'm going to, never mind. You keep it. If they run away, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. I really, I wanted to like talk about now that we're on this subject, it's got me thinking about child stars because as adults, oh, you can wow. really consent yeah. to that and you understand the full consequences of that. Do child stars really understand the full consequence of celebrity I don't, I don't think that I did you know I always thought like growing up Britney Spears was somebody that I listened to all the time or even like watching Hannah Montana um it was that thing of like the whole Miley being like Miley Cyrus and then Miley not Miley Cyrus was absurd like uh, absurd I, oh gosh I've had like two sips of rosé and I'm already I'm being able to say <laughs> words right um but it's just like it didn't make sense. Cause I was like, in what world, like, would people not recognize her or not like yeah. actually the didn't change that. Her that much? Yeah. No, but I get why that show was made about like showing how, when she was Miley Cyrus, she couldn't be herself. She had to have like this persona Hannah Montana. and everything was perfect. Hannah Montana. Thank yeah. you. God. <laughs> um, yeah. So when she was Hannah Montana, she had to like have this whole celebrity thing. And then when she was just Miley, she was able to be a normal kid. Yeah. And I want to be like, give Disney some credit and be like, they're calling out the social structures, like saying that we put too much pressure on child stars to be famous. But then we know that Disney's like really kind of crappy when it comes to how yeah. they handle their child stars. So I don't think they were doing yeah. it because they were trying to like prove a social point. They were just doing it because they were trying to make money off of another child star that they're producing. Yeah. I, you know, you look at it. I mean, there's a lot of child stars that I'm sure grow up to be like normal, average, productive people and adults, but mm-hmm. there are a good chunk of them that grow up with some serious issues and have lots of mental health and trauma and abuse you hear about. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't, you can't, I guess you can't blame it all on the publicity piece and that component where, you know, everybody knows them and is in their business, but I think there's other components that are surrounding, you know, Hollywood mm-hmm. and all of that, that make it difficult for, for kids to grow up in that environment. It's not, it's not, it's not like a real environment, like average non-American or non-Hollywood people grow up in. So it's a totally different way of life. And I think that Mm -hmm. can be challenging to adjust to. Absolutely. It always blows my mind when you hear about child stars that have addictions to like hardcore drugs. And I just, I like, how do you get those? I don't even know how, like, I'm not a child. I wouldn't know where to go to buy drugs, which is, is a good thing. I mean, if I did, that would be a little bit worrisome, (laughs) but just like the access, like you have access to everything that you want and you have a bunch of yes people around you because they want to be in your circle in hopes that they also get famous or that, so that they can exploit you. And that's just so sad. Yeah. I always think of too, like when you think about like Justin Bieber and like Mm -hmm. Britney Spears and, you know, Miley Cyrus, 
But I think Justin Bieber and Britney Spears are like really prime examples of that, right? Mm -hmm. You look at the people who are around them, their management crew, and even their families to a certain extent, right? You have this young person who all of a sudden is getting attention and they had a really good marketing team to support them both, Mm -hmm. right? Like, I mean- there, I can't. I don't know if you could find anybody, even if they were living in a cave, that didn't know who Britney Spears and Justin Bieber are, right? Like it's just a name recognition. And then you have people around you constantly telling you how wonderful you are, how great you are, how talented you are, how good you know all of this stuff. And and so you kind of thrive off that. And I mean, confidence is great, but I think when you're in that environment and you're constantly being told how wonderful you are, and then people are pushing you harder and harder to do more, be more. You know, being on tour is hard. It's a hard schedule to keep. And now you're, you know, you're going from city to city to city to show, to show, to show, and you get tired. And I wonder if that's where some of the drug use comes in a little bit. Like, hey, if we- Oh yeah, you have to have the uppers to keep going. Yeah, to keep going and give you the energy and help you produce. And I think you hear a lot of artists talk about this too, about sometimes they're most creative, like when they're using Mm -hmm. different substances and things like that. So I think it's just kind of, this kind of whirlwind of all of these different things that come together. And then you throw, you know, age and hormones in the mix and kids trying to figure out who they are and how, how are they different from that persona that they're putting out there for everybody to see and love. Mm And it's, it's gotta be challenging. I I couldn't figure it out. And I just, you know, nobody knew who I was. was I'm still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still trying to figure out like, who do I want to be vulnerable vulnerable with who do I not want to be vulnerable with I cannot talk today (laughs) it's going to be a real struggle so y'all just bear with me through this episode um but so we you know you brought up Britney Spears did you watch her Hulu documentary I haven't that's the new one that's out right yes so they kind of deep dive into that yes and I've always been I've always been anti Justin Timberlake because of Britney Spears, because that whole narrative that was spun, I'm really about to get on a soapbox. Um, you know, like people were kind of like high-fiving him, like, oh, you got to sleep with Britney Spears. Go buddy. Good for you. And then for her, everybody was so concerned about, did you lose your virginity? Did you lose your virginity? Did you and Justin have sex? That is mortifying to go through at an, like, I would say national, it was like worldwide, just everybody yeah. being concerned well, of whether or not you're a virgin. And then when you break up with him, you get it spent as, well, you're a whore now. That is well, such shit. And because her entire like platform was built around this, this character, right. That was, mm-hmm. had some sort of special virtue or, or you know, was virtuous or was mm-hmm. clean or, or whatever. Yeah. Whatever you want to call it. And it was, God, I'm going to age myself, but God, that was what, 20 years ago? I Uh, mean, so we were a little, we weren't quite as open and accepting of this, of women's sexuality at that time as we are now. Um, So I think that all played a part in it as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think that was really tough for her. I can only imagine, like when you look back at interviews that she had, when people are asking her and you can just see her want to shut down and just get embarrassed. And Mm -hmm. That's wild to me that they were even, like Barbara Walters was asking those questions. What Barbara, you yeah. are a serious journalist. Like, why are you asking this 16, 17 year old girl about her sex life? It's so inappropriate. And it's and just gross. Then the fear that 
she can't be honest. She can't say what she wants to say because she might, her label might drop her or yeah. you know, she might lose sponsors or, you know, things like that. Justin Timberlake didn't have those same concerns, you know, oh, like nobody was going to drop him. His reputation wasn't going to be, you know, destroyed if he said something that was not in alignment with this character that his management team created and he was forced to fulfill. You know what I mean? So it's really a total double standard. Absolutely. It, it really is. And I think it still exists in Hollywood today. The narrative over like you have like sexiest man alive and it's like he's the great dream guy that every girl wants to bone for like a better <laughs> word um and then for the women it's like is she too sexual is she too much you know i'm gonna bring up your favorite person in the world miley cyrus i'm sorry i, I had no to. you're good you're good <laughs> um but for, you know, like even for her, like the whole Robin Thicke thing, whenever she was dancing at the MTV Awards and she got crucified over that because she was being very sexual. There was like teddy bears. It was kind of, it was just weird and gross in a way, but th- we had also like a, what was he? 40, 45 year old man. I don't know. See that? I don't, I don't know. That, with her. And I don't I'm think just he's like, that huh. old. Maybe he is. I'm not sure, but he was older than her. He was older than her. And like, he's also behind her dry humping her during this song, like full on grinding on her. And we're all talking about how gross she is. And we're like, have we listened to the lyrics of his song? Like that song is gross. I, I like it's, I mean, it's a bop. I will listen to it in the car and like catch myself. And then I will start seeing the words. I'm like, Ooh, but I'm still going to jam out to it because I'm human. (laughs) Right. Well, so I'll clarify. So those of you that are listening don't know that I just have an issue with Miley Cyrus. I will give her credit. She's, she's extremely talented. The girl's got a voice, like she can act. She's got a lot of, lot of talent. So it's not to knock any of that. I just don't like how she presents herself out there to the world. I think she hypersexualizes a lot of like very juvenile things. Like you said, with the teddy bears, when you're out there, like dry humping and twerking on a teddy bear and mm-hmm. you like present yourself in a very childlike manner and then do like hypersexualized things. I just have an issue with that. I don't think that's appropriate. And I think it sends a really shitty message to our kids and our girls and to really men and society as a whole that somehow or another that children or children like things or should be viewed as sexual objects or mm-hmm. have any realm in that whole topic of sexuality. Um, so that's my issue with Miley Cyrus. And that particular performance, I think, I just think it was distasteful. And I get that that was happening at a time where everybody was trying to like push the boundaries. So it wasn't just her. There were other performers out there doing the same things, trying to see how far they can push the envelope and, you know, kind of bring in this new style and this new, I don't know, expression. Um, But I just thought it was, I don't know. I just thought it was distasteful for both of them. And it was weird that you have this man up there with her that's Mm -hmm. clearly older than her. And I don't know. I just felt like it was very, very forced and to serve a purpose for entertainment value, but I didn't find it entertaining. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if it wasn't so serious, like if it was more satirical and almost making fun of how society was using like women as like sexual objects and like how men were just kind of like using them and that sounded like I'm just saying that men use women for sex it can also be the other way around I'm not saying that it's just one-sided but like the narrative in the media a lot of times is like oh women get taken from and men take which I think is really harmful to men too like that's not a good narrative it's not something that we want girls to think of like it's because it takes away your ownership of like your own sexuality like nobody can take it from you you own it 
and you give it freely to who you want. And that should be kind of that conversation in the women's empowerment movement, which we're seeing a lot more now. We are seeing women being like, no, I'm doing this because I want to do this. Rachel McAdams did that really beautiful spread where she is in this bomb suit. She looks like a bad bitch and she's got breast pumps on. Just like owning that she can be, oh, it's, it's like, wow, like goosebumps because she is just owning that you can be sexy, you can be successful and you can be a mom. And this is what it looks like all at once. And I was like, why don't we have more of that? Now she was airbrushed and stuff. So maybe not, but, (laughs) but it's still important. And you know what? I think that like the whole, like you shouldn't Photoshop yourself to an extent. Yes. But will I also throw a filter on my photos? Absolutely. Do I still go out without makeup sometimes? Yes. But there's a time like where I want some validation and I'm going to post a photo and I'm going to make sure that I look damn good in that photo because I want it to be liked. And (laughs) (laughs) like, maybe that's a fault of my own that I need to work through, right? I understand why I'm doing it. Like I want validation. And I think we all go through those things. And for somebody who's famous, who might want validation, who's feeling lonely, even when you're surrounded by so many people, I think Mm -hmm. that they take that want for validation to the extremes, you know, getting a a million might be a lot, but a million likes on Instagram posts is normal for them. So how else do I go about getting validation when this is normal to me? And that's right. when you get like just some really out there scenarios. And I think that's when like you start talking about like your sexuality and sex and things like that and start really pushing those envelopes to see like, how are people going to respond? Yeah. And I think too, there's competition, right? Mm-hmm. So if you go back to Britney, so it was always like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera, right? Like, which one do you like better? Cause you can't like them both, right? Like that was just be weird, right? You got to pick one blonde bombshell. You can't. So, and then, you know, with Miley Cyrus, there's, you know, she has her competition too. Like, and so I think sometimes the women are almost pitted against each other. Um, mm-hmm. It's like, you can, not be as famous as this other person or not one person can't like you both kind of a mm-hmm. thing. And I think that's, that's kind of crappy too. And I think that's where you see some of that boundary pushing to like, Oh, how can I be different? How can I stand out so that more people will like me or continue to like me or support me or watch me grow. And then I think that's the next step, right? They're a child star. So Miley started as a little kid and mm-hmm. then she hits teenage years. Right. And so there's a lot of change going into that. And you think their late teens, early twenties, this idea of, okay, well, I'm no longer a kid. Um, I am an adult now. And, you know, we all think at 18, 19, we know everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So we want to start making some decisions. We want to start being independent. And I think you see that as stars too. Like they're like, well, I don't want to be this character I've been as a child. I'm now an adult. How do I transition to show people that I'm now this an adult figure? And I think that's where I think Miley kind of pushed it a little further. And maybe that's where some of that hypersexualized mm-hmm. kind of content came around because it was like, look, I'm an adult now. I can show this off. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And she did unapologetically, which is fine. Do your thing. But I just, I don't know. I didn't particularly care for it, but I think that's where we see it with a lot of mm-hmm. child stars as they go older. And, and I think that's what we're seeing with even like Justin Bieber, you know, this last record of his that came out with a lot of really kind of sad songs, but I think that was his way of processing through, Hey, I'm an adult now. What does this look like? Who am I? How can I, process all of this stuff that's happened to me and kind of come out on the other side um and same with taylor swift too i mean who doesn't love us some tea swizzle but you know (laughs) but she has like her you know you see each album songs getting more and more suggestive the the themes in the music are a lot different more adult 
and I love it because I feel like I, you know, kind of grew up with her and I can relate to the songs. I, I went back and listened to the whole disc, 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 oh my God. Right, trip over, get it out. We're good. <laughs> the whole discography. Holy crap. This weekend. <laughs> and I didn't um, even know what you were trying to say. So I wouldn't, I didn't either. Have I any think help I'm like, I don't my know how brain, to save you. <laughs> I like the brain tick trying to get it out. Golly. <laughs> but I went back and listened to everything and I was listening to her high school, her high school, my high school songs, but it was the songs that she put out when I was in high school. And a lot of those songs had like actual names in them. And I remember having crushes on guys with the same names as those in the song and just so relating to them on a level. And even like listening back to them, I was doing my makeup Saturday morning and I was just like, I remember who that song was about whenever I would sing it in my car. I still know his name. So I went fun. down an Instagram deep dive on him. It's like, yeah, he's still really hot. He could still probably get it if he needs to sing to him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right. Um, but I, I, you know, I think that I have that from Miley too. Like that her album that you're referencing where she just kind of went like off the wall a little bit. I have really fond memories of jamming out to those songs with my friends in college, going down to the river and I think that that is really cool that sometimes like, even though maybe it's not their favorite part of their journey, it's still really impactful to mine. And it's still something oh, sure. that I can remember and call back to. And I like that we have those celebrities and stars that we kind of grow up with. And now Taylor's doing her whole folklore cottage core thing, which I'm not really even sure if I know what cottage core means fully. I just know oh, it as like cardigan. educate me cardigans like wildflowers making bread I'm like oh that's cool now because I've been doing that oh, <laughs> my yeah, whole life right I was the girl that was like Finally sweating in the summer wearing us. cardigans yeah. yeah like cool I'm I'm like hip now <laughs> yeah but I love it. it it's wild and now I forgot where I was even going with that because I started thinking about like I was that girl wearing cardigans in the middle of summer in college station just sweating her ass off walking that's funny. <laughs> but I had a very particular aesthetic that I was gonna stick to See, that's funny because I, I grew up in Florida and went to college in Florida. And so the dress code here is like beach attire, right? Like mm. you're wearing bikinis. I mean, we didn't wear bikinis to class. I mean, you had something over it, but the plan, I always took early classes because the parking was better and I'm a morning person. So it didn't bother me. And then you'd be going to the beach, you know? So you would be wearing like cutoffs and tank tops or a little sundress or something like that. Like mm -hmm. it was all about what was easiest to get to the next step, which was enjoying the Florida sun. So no, we were not, I was not rocking cardigans uh, in the summer. I, I too many it. layers, too much stuff to get sand on. No, it was a pain in the butt. I so was. I was. I thought I was so cute in college, and I look back now, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> why? That's funny. Why? That's funny. It's horrible. But I, you know, and like we. So I went through that. Went through the whole college phase, and I feel like when we look at celebrities that have like gone from childhood stars to like adult celebrities, I almost feel like it's the same as like kids that go off to college or after high school you see kids really start getting a little bit more bold in pushing the boundaries of their sexuality, exploring their sexuality, coming into who they are in that, in that sense, as they're also learning who they are. And I, I firmly believe in this. I know that people are probably going to hate me on it, but sex complicates things. It complicates relationship. Oh, it complicates your relationship with yourself. It complicates how you feel about yourself. Sometimes it is a very complicated thing 
that is oftentimes just made too black and white in the way that we teach kids about it. There's so many emotions and other things involved with sex that we don't talk about. And I think that's a huge disservice. Oh, I totally agree with that. Um, at first I was like, oh, I'm not sure if complicated is the right word, but I, I do agree that it does complicate things. And it brings in just so many other variables, right? Like it's no longer just, oh, hey, we're friends or hey, we're this or we're that. Now it's like, oh, what does this mean? And mm-hmm. how do I, do I feel okay with it? I think sometimes, especially women, I'm sure there are some guys that are feel this way too, but I think we see it more commonly with girls where they almost feel shameful. Like, was this something I was supposed to do? Should I have not done this? You know, am I going to be looked at differently now? Mm-hmm. Are people going to talk about this? What if this gets out? Who, what are they going to say about me? Like there's all of these things that are going through a young girl's mind and it definitely makes it much more complicated. And Absolutely. I don't know. I they- think guys go through it too, though. I just think that we're told in a society like that you should almost feel shameful like that when you're a girl. So it's easier mm-hmm. to talk about it because you're told that that's how you should feel guys are not told they should feel that way. So I wonder if they do and they just hide it and keep it bottled up. I don't know. I've asked some guys and they haven't, they haven't shared that sentiment with me. (laughs) So I don't know if it's just that they don't want to talk about it. Um, But I do know that they have a different perception and relationship with sex than, than girls do. So I think that would be like a whole interesting topic. Maybe we can get some couple guys, like a couple of, not a couple like a guy couple, but a couple of guys yeah. to join this conversation sometime and do, maybe we could do a whole Sonder session just about that and mm-hmm. ask a bunch of questions. That would be fun. I would be really interested in that because I know like there is a lot of shame around it for a lot of people. And it's, it's a yeah. really hard thing to grapple with when you aren't secure in yourself and now you're feeling shameful and you're, it's already just like adding to those insecurities and you're like, I know that your self-worth really does not change based on your actions and things like that. You are always a worthy person, but it feels like it when you're 18. <laughs> it right. feels like you well, just and really changed who you are. Yeah. And it's like, ah. And I think too, we compare ourselves to Hollywood mm-hmm. a lot, right? So we see these visuals, we see these young stars out there presenting themselves who have a whole team of people, right? To do their mm-hmm. hair, do their makeup, tell them how to walk, yes. style them. So of course, when they're photographed in magazines, they look just so cool, right? And we're over here mm-hmm. like, oh God, I don't think my you know Target tank top's gonna make the same impact, you know? <laughs> or whatever um you know so then we're comparing ourselves and feel like we have to look like that it's this the status that we feel like we have to 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 achieve right to feel worthy Mm -hmm. or to feel sexual or to feel attractive or whatever the case may be and then we're putting all these impossible standards on ourselves um and I I think it's really sad for young folks I mean and not just young folks I older people do it too you know it may not be the young sexy star but you know I know that there's a lot of moms that like wish they were um Oh gosh, what's her name off of like HGTV, the mom? Oh, Joanna Gaines. Like she's like a perfect little angel from heaven. Like how do you keep up with that? How many kids has she had? Is she still super tiny and cute as a button? And she's so creative and, you know, she keeps up with her husband who's like kind of a silly mess over there. Like, you know, some of us are like, Mm -hmm. dang. Her house is beautiful. Her kids are sweet all the time. <laughs> she like and, uh, cooks dinner every night. She yeah. has all these. Like, they have cupcakes. Like, you know, yeah. and, so, and it's just a show. I guarantee you, if the cameras were not there and you were a fly on the wall, you would see a totally different side to their family, to her, her style, to all of that. But we don't mm-hmm. see that, right? And so we think it doesn't exist because we don't see it. And so then we've set ourselves up for these, like, 
you know, well, how do I do that? I don't have a whole TV mm-hmm. show and all of this stuff. Why can't I keep up with it? Because you don't have a whole team of people around you. She has people to do her hair and makeup and she has people to ch- tell her when her buttons come undone and maybe her bra is showing, right? Like they're not going to televise that. How many times have you walked out and been like, oh crap, whoops, buttons undone. Got to fix last that. Last week at I Target. Mean, it happens, yeah. <laughs> the whole Target last week got to see my entire brassiere because I had a button <laughs> pop open and my purse strap was in between my boobs. And I was just like, having to look down and I was like, oh my God, I'm going to yeah. go to jail for public indecency. Like indecency. Like <laughs> it's not okay. Also y'all Where are welcome Target because yeah. <laughs> like people saw, like nobody thought to be like, oh, this girl maybe doesn't want to have her tits out at Target at like noon I mean, on a Sunday. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't, right? I mean, but yeah, why aren't we looking out for each other? That's, that's some yeah. shit. I'd be mad at those people at Target. I Yeah. It's like the people that like, let you walk around with toilet paper stuck to the bottom of your shoe it takes zero zero energy to be kind and tell me that I have toilet paper stuck to my shoe right because it's not going to happen whenever I'm not going to be embarrassed it's going to happen on a date it's going to happen when I'm trying to flirt with the waiter that I think has been hitting on me all night and it is going to be the most (laughs) mortifying thing and I'm going to hold on to it forever I will hold on to it forever and get so embarrassing in bed at night that I can't go to sleep again like I am that girl and now I'm going to do it tonight because I've thought about scenarios I'm like yep had a, had a skirt tucked into my panties before at school oh, and nobody yeah. told me I like walked across campus like underwear out and they were not cute underwear they were <laughs> not cute <laughs> so embarrassing <laughs> oh god the visual I have now Jessica is great I'm like dying over here oh. I very much was like have you ever seen the movie never been kissed yes <sighs> I think I was Josie Grossy like <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I oh. still haven't peaked, but I really hadn't peaked in high school or college. Yeah. Like I am like coming great. to my own now. I think 30 is going to be like the, the 10 years of 30 are going to be fantastic for me. Yes. I think the thirties are the best so far. <laughs> it took me a little time to get used to that. Cause I think I had a little bit of a early midlife crisis and thinking, mm-hmm. Oh my God, I'm old. Why like, am I supposed to feel old or some days <laughs> I do feel old, but not in a good way. So there was a little bit of an adjustment, but I am now almost 40. So I'm going to say that the forties are the best to come. Cause mm-hmm. I don't ever like to think that I've peaked yet. I always, yeah. I always think the next set of years or, or whatever is going to be the best set. So and it that's should be. It that's really yeah, how it should be. Absolutely. I don't want to have peaked. And dear gosh, if I have peaked, then <laughs> that was a very good peak. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> that makes me really sad. <laughs> but no, I'm just going to keep going up and up and up. And it's going to be fantastic. It's going to be great. Yeah, because college yep. just could not peak. I was such a... And I thought college, I was hot yeah. shit. I was not. <laughs> I... I don't know, like college, I was always working. Like I was a very like dedicated person. Like I was always working and and doing things. So I don't know that I had as much fun in college as maybe I could have, or Mm -hmm. now that I'm older, looking back thinking, oh man, I, I had way less responsibility then. And I was much cuter and had much, um, you know, like more resiliency could bounce back a little faster than I can now. It like really takes it out of me when you have a little too much fun. Um, Maybe I should have pushed the envelope a little bit more. Maybe I should have heeded some of Miley Cyrus's advice. She wasn't around yet, but maybe some Britney or something and had a little more fun. Um, But then I look at it and be like, you know what? I don't have any regrets. I like everything I've done and everything I've achieved and I can still have fun now. It's just going to be a different kind of fun. And that's even better. So, yeah, I think it just shows that you grow as a person. 
I, I don't have any regrets in college. I think when people ask you, like, if you could go back and change anything, would you? And my answer has always been, and will always be no. Like even some of the really hard shit that I would not wish on anybody else that I've been through, I wouldn't change it because I wouldn't be who I am today. And I really like who I am today. And I don't think that I would have ever ended up here or been who I am and resilient and just like a pretty kick-ass person. Um, (laughs) if I didn't go through that and have to weather those storms, like those are really important for you to like character build, or at least for me, it was important. I I don't want to say like everybody has to go through that. That's just my journey. Oh, me too. I'm absolutely in agreement with you on that. Like, I don't have any regrets and I try to live my life that way. And I even, I mean, there, I mean, I made mistakes. I made poor choices. I was really selfish at times, I'm sure. And did some, you know, things that other people around me probably didn't appreciate or didn't understand, but I just try to process those and try to forgive when I can, Mm -hmm. whether that's myself or somebody else or ask for forgiveness, you know, you just try to grow as a person. and, And I really love the statement and I can't remember now who said it. So I apologize. I can't give them credit, but something along the lines of do the best you can with the tools you have now. And as you learn more and get grow and have more tools do better, you know? And Mm -hmm. so I just think that's such an important statement, you know, that I, you do the best you can in the moment and you, you live with it, right? Like it may not have worked Mm -hmm. out. It may not have been the best decision, but it was the best I could have done in the moment. And I survived it and we learned from it and we grew from it. And now I could do something better or maybe it was the right choice, right? And Mm -hmm. maybe I would do it all over again and just enjoy it. So I just, I try really hard to not live with regrets. Yeah, I think that that's really like do what you can with the tools that you have is really important because hindsight is twenty twenty. It's really easy oh, to look yeah. back on things and go, oh, I should have done that different. I regret how I did that. Did you in the moment? If you didn't oh, in the moment, then yeah. you shouldn't regret it now. Like now, if you were a complete asshole to somebody and you didn't say sorry, like, and you still have it on your heart to reach out and apologize, maybe do it. It might make you feel better. Right. I'm a big one on that. Like it, you know, I think that you sometimes do have people that you're like, I should just clear the air. It doesn't mean that you have right. to be friends. It doesn't mean that like everything's forgiven, but there is something about just acknowledging like, Hey, I was kind of a shitty person to you. And I, I recognize that now. And I'm sorry. That's all yeah. you have to do. And that, I mean, I know that that takes a lot of courage and it's really difficult for some folks to admit to that, but I definitely think it's something that, that people should strive to do mm-hmm. and strive to be right. Like the more comfortable we become with kind of accepting and here I go using the word failure, you know, I don't like that word, but like accepting that maybe we weren't perfect, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's okay. Like that's, that's how you grow within yourself and become more confident and how you learn from your mistakes and say, you know what? Hey, I wasn't perfect there, but you know what? I did learn something from it. And next time I can do something different. Yeah. I won't it, be a total asshole next time. Exactly. I think, you know, bringing back to like the celebrities in Hollywood and all that, I think that they actually, you see a lot of examples of that of people having to go, yeah, I did not handle that situation right now that I'm removed from it. I've grown up. This is, I can't change it and I won't necessarily apologize for it, but I will recognize that it was not good. And I do like, I apologize to those that got hurt in the process. I think that that lesson in humility is really important because you do need to learn humility. You need to learn grace and you can't really give grace to others if you can't give it to yourself too. So Um, true, which I, you know, I will never tell anybody like, Oh, you, nobody's going to love you until you learn how to love yourself. No, you're worthy of love all the time, but grace is a little bit different. 
you have to practice grace to understand it and be able to give it. And if you can't have grace with yourself, then you can't get outside of your own self enough to help other people and give them the grace as well. And I think it's really kind of easy. And it's not one of those things I think is like, oh, like they just don't know how to, like grace is a learned thing. Like it's not easy. It's really hard. And I think that's why a lot of people have a hard time showing it because it's, it sucks. Oh gosh. Most of the time it really is not fun to do. And to just be like, oh, okay. I'm going to just like, let this go. No, it that sucks. But <laughs> so like I, I yeah. first scream and then do it. <laughs> but I think once you turn the corner and once you do it, the reward from it is so much mm-hmm. greater. And I think if you can give yourself that opportunity to feel that, like work through it. Yeah. It may be shitty and it may suck, but you get to that other side and it's so much more rewarding. It kind of, gives you the courage to do it again, you know, and then it becomes easier. And that's what I've always tried to like teach, like the kids that I work with and stuff is like, it's always going to be scary if you've never done it before, or you've only done it once, but you keep trying, you know, you show up with some courage, know that you might screw it up and that's okay. Keep doing it. Like at some point, once it's no longer new to you, it won't be scary anymore, you know? And then if you can tie it back to something else, like I always, for for them, it would resonate. Like, think about when you're the new kid at school, right? Like that first day of school is scary and it Mm -hmm. sucks. Nobody likes that first day of school when you're the new kid, especially like these kids were in foster care. So that's even harder. But, you know, like that day is not fun. I said, but think about now like day 60, you know, your way around, you got some friends, you know how to get to your classes. Like it's no longer scary. It may still kind of suck because it's not so fun anymore, but it's not scary. And that's the same way with giving yourself grace and other people grace. And to tie it back to Hollywood, I think Drew Barrymore is a really good example of that. She had a really rough upbringing in my opinion, you know, like, I mean, you talk, you hear the stories about the addiction she had at a really young age and being exposed to things at a really young age. I mean, partying at like studio 54 and stuff like Mm -hmm. that, but look where she's come, you know, I mean, she was battling her addiction as a teenager and trying to overcome that into, you know, her young adulthood years and, and trying to cope with, I mean, really, I mean, it's, probably abuse. I don't know if, if it's ever really been coined that, but, you know, from the outside looking in a lot of the things she was exposed to, you know, would be considered abuse nowadays. And she's become this adult who's very successful and very well-rounded. And if you ever hear her talk and see how she um, puts herself out there, I mean, it's in a really graceful way. And she really, and just embodies who she is and embraces who she is and shows up and saying, you know, Hey, I may be flawed and I may not be the most beautiful and I may not be the most talented, but I'm here and I'm going to give it everything I've got and I'm going to enjoy it. And I just, mm-hmm. I just love that she presents herself that way and being able to kind of watch her grow up under the spotlight. I think it's just been a really cool journey to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And it really does show like things do get better. And I think that it's really easy to feel like when you're younger, it's never going to get better. Things are not going to change. It does. And it's not to say that you won't go through more hard times or anything like that. It is truly like one of those like wave processes. It's like riding a roller coaster. Like there's times that are really awesome and exciting. There's times that are really like, kind of like, all right, is this going to be over soon? And then you like get you know, then eventually you get off the ride, but like the whole time it's a different experience every couple of seconds. And that's just like the lifespan. Yeah. I think we need to celebrate that and celebrate, like when you come out of those really tough situations and you have that resiliency, 
celebrate that. That's freaking huge. Like you Um, made it, you survived and you should feel so empowered and it doesn't matter how you had to survive it. The fact that you did, and you're still here, that is something so amazing and so worth celebrating. Like, I wish we did a better job of like seeing celebrities through that. Like when they come out on the other side of something really hard where we've just been shitting on them for so long and they come out and they're like, I'm here and I'm going to like, I'm here for me now. We just kind of like forget about them. And it's like, those are the ones we should celebrate. Like Demi Lovato and the shit she's been through. I totally want to celebrate Demi Lovato. Yes. Like that is amazing. And she's sharing it. Like the fact that she's recovering out loud is really important. The bravery. Yes. Mm -hmm. Go Demi. I'm not going to lie though. I'm still rooting for Justin and Selena. I would really like to celebrate (laughs) him and how he kind of over and her too. Like, right. That was a whole shit show that was out there for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I still haven't fully embraced the breakup, even though I know they've both moved on and it's probably better for them. And I do think we should celebrate that, that they have moved on, but I'm not going to lie. Watching those celebrity relationships in like the spotlight all the time. I almost feel like it's a breakup for us too, because it's totally Mm -hmm. rooting for them. And then when they broke up, like I was a little heartbroken, these cute little kids, like they're just so sweet. Like, Mm -hmm. I mean, they weren't always sweet. There was some pictures of them groping that were kind of weird, but (laughs) like quit like quit publishing pictures of tongues and mouths like we've all made out with somebody we know what it's like and they're on vacation like yeah like just we don't need to see it right sloppy alcohol makeouts are fun in the moment if you're in them for everybody else involved it's disgusting (laughs) yeah we don't want to watch it (laughs) um but I, I, I think that's another component of things that we don't we always realize right like in Hollywood like you see it all the time in the tabloids right so-and-so's together but now they're getting divorced and and then oh like um j-lo and a-rod that was the biggest thing this last Mm -hmm. week they're getting divorced no we're not you know we're not splitting up so it's this whole big thing that so not only do you have to worry about your own image and what you put out there but now you have the two of them and they're together and it's a whole nother dynamic and some of them have kids and it's a family and it's also publicized and Mm -hmm. it's gotta be tough like i I'm sure the divorce rate in Hollywood is much higher than it is in just like regular America, but I totally understand why it would be really difficult for everybody to be all up in your business. Oh, absolutely. I feel like that is huge too. I think you see a lot more when they have kids because the kids don't consent to the, to the fame. And I think we do a really bad job with like paparazzi and stuff, like not oh, having yeah, laws the boundaries. Yeah. Like the fact that paparazzi can stop kids going to school and stuff like that, that's scary. And yes, I couldn't imagine as like, I don't have kids, but like the thought of that and like having to deal with like already, anytime I drive a kid in my car, it's a terrifying like terrifying experience. You're so worried about like what happens. Like you're constantly just on edge trying to get from point A to point B. And then you have like cars following you. And like, you don't know if these are just paparazzi or maybe there's somebody in there that wants to do something like to you or to your children. Or your crazy because, stalker. Like, Cause they all see yes. a stalker. Yeah. They, and that's because people feel entitled to their lives yeah. and they're not, I'm getting, I'm getting worked up over this. Like, I know it's, it's crazy. Bull crap. Oh, I know. And to Bieber's wife, like, it's not fair. I'm sorry. I don't remember your name. Like I do Selena's, but it's not fair that you get judged and that people don't like you because you're not Selena. So I do apologize for that, but I'm still secretly, 
I guess not so secretly. Like hopefully <laughs> it's out there now. <laughs> I think that though, you know, but it's like hard. we have a lot of that. Yeah, I think though we have a lot of that though in our own personal lives. Like, you know, you always hear about the one that got away, and I, you know. I think you can fall in love with more than one person and you can have love for more than one person and you can envision what your life would have looked like if you would have ended up with this person and you might be with somebody else. You might be whole, like heartedly, completely enamored by them and in love with them, but still be like, yeah, but I love that person at some point. And love for people doesn't just go away. Like maybe you're not completely in love with them, but you can still have love for them. And I think it's a different love, right? Like, so I even think about like, even me as a mom, right? And I have three kids. I love all three of my kids with my whole heart, but my love for them is different and it's unique for that individual, right? Mm-hmm. So each individual kid are, it's just a different emotion for me. I mean, it's all love, but it's it's just very different. And I think it's like that for any human, right? So whether mm-hmm. it be your spouse or somebody else in the past, I think you can love multiple people. And I think you can be in love with more than one person in your lifetime, but I think it's a different experience and a different emotion and a different love for every individual. Um, yeah. And I, I think that's sometimes overlooked and we just kind of assume, oh, I had this you know, person in my life and I loved them. And you just think that next person's going to come along and you're going to love them the same way, or it's somehow going to replace that love you had for the last person. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's necessarily how it works. I don't either. When you think about like what we are as humans, like how we exist and all that, first of all, I still can't get my head around it. I know that there's science and things like, it's just still amazing to me that like we're here and we exist. (laughs) It just, it's overwhelming sometimes. So when you think about that and how, like how we just are and like how we're like born into this world and all that, it's so cool. And to think that like, we are not capable of having emotions that strong for more than one person at a time is like really selling the human, humankind short. Like we are capable of so many amazing things. Like you're capable of having a lot of love in you and giving a lot of love. And it's like, not as like, you can't quantify it. You know, it's like, it's like not quantifiable. Like, right. It just is. I will have to say though, that I think for myself anyway, I still think that, you know, if you're committed to somebody that's Mm -hmm. different, like you can still have love in your heart for somebody else. But if you've made a commitment to one person, then that should be honored. Um, And this makes me think of like the sister wives and like the different shows like that, where they have more than one spouse. Cause when I first watched those, I was much, much younger. And I was like, this is so crazy to me. Like I can watch this and like everything goes off. Cause I'm like, I don't understand how you guys can live this way. And I mean, it's so bizarre, but it's so interesting too. Um, and I get that they probably all do have love for each other, but it's just such an unusual dynamic. That it is very unusual. Yeah. I, it's not for me. I'm jealous. No. But not when you started me. talking about having love for more than one person at the same time, I'm like, oh, that's straight where my mind went. <laughs> that's fair. Well, like when you think about it, like you have your parents, you have kids, you have oh, yeah. your husband, like you are not like, okay, well, I can't love this person right now because I'm, I'm giving my love to this. Like, it just never changes. And like, right. Abby, you have more kids. Like every, I always hear parents say, I don't know how I could love a kid as much as I love my first one. You do. It you just, do. It, you grow, you change. Yep. And it, it's not something like it never stops. It's not one of those, un, it's not a limited resource. You can decide whether or not to turn it off. Like you can tell, like, be like, I don't want to love anybody anymore, whatever. But it's not something that, 
it's just not going to ever be boxed in. And right. the more you like allow yourself to be vulnerable and commit to loving somebody, because I'm with you. So like marriage and all of that is a commitment. And I think that's the difference between like people that you loved and dated or maybe like had a situationship with whatever and somebody that you marry, like when you choose that marriage, like you are committing to each other, you're not going to always spill love with them. If, I mean, if you're married for 70 years, I'm sure there's going to be some portions of time where you don't really like the person you're with, Oh but you're yeah. choosing to be there and you're choosing to stay and commit and grow and like, try, like, can, like be a part of the relationship. That's oh, what marriage is. like entering, like it's a thing. And y'all are going to hear yes. the trash behind me because they're picking up trash and <laughs> I think I'm coming down the hallway. So sorry. Oh, no worries. No worries. I think it's fun though. Cause I think watching Hollywood and the different relationships and the different types of relationships has been really interesting because some of them are just like major shit shows. Um, and like just train wrecks that, you know, are going to oh, end absolutely. very badly, but it's so interesting to watch. Um, and like earlier you pointed out to me that, um, your guy Harry and Olivia Wilde wow. apparently are together. And to me, I just can't wrap my head around this couple, but maybe it's a legit thing. I'm not really sure. It's very, very interesting to me They're that the two of cool them people. Yeah. are together. They're very cool people. I will say like, I love Harry Styles. So this really hurts. Um, and if you hear this, Harry, like call me, um, <laughs> but he's just really unique and, marches to the beat of his own drum and I think a lot of people notice that and she is yeah. too. I yeah. watched an interview with her once where she had just like rented a van with a couple of friends and drove around the USA like interviewing school kids for this documentary they were doing like she's like oh a little flower child hippie out there person too so now when I know that and then I think of her with Harry Styles versus her with Jason Sudeikis it makes more sense for her to be with Harry Styles Jason Sudeikis is like a funny like daddish guy. Like I would say that he's just got like dad energy. Even before he was dad on SNL, he just was like the dad guy. Yeah. It's, it's an interesting duo, but it also kind of makes me think of like Cameron Diaz and her husband, right? Like he's a rocker. Charlotte guy. Guy. Yeah. yeah. But she was also with um, Jared Leto too, at one point. So she kind of mm-hmm. has a thing for like rockers and kind of that style right that they both kind Mm -hmm. of bring but it's just she doesn't present that way right like she presents in a much different light so I think it's just really interesting that you you know you can't judge a book by its cover you can't Mm -hmm. judge how they show up or how they present themselves because that doesn't necessarily mean that that has anything to do with their interests or, or what they like which I think I get a lot for myself I think a lot of people see me and automatically yeah. assume certain things about me. They have my entire life. And then when they get to know me, they're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think you'd be that much fun, or I didn't think you'd be that that funny or whatever. Like I think they automatically think that I'm this like preppy white girl who was raised with everything handed to me and just very sweet and kind. And you know what I mean? Which, you know, I may be sweet and kind. I'll, I'll own those. <laughs> Depending on who you ask. Right? Well, you said that so sassily though. <laughs> um but then, you know, they get to know you and you're like, oh, you drink Jack or you do this. And it's, it's not normal characteristics that they would attribute to somebody who I guess looks mm-hmm. like me, you know? So it's, yeah. it's the same. So it's called the gap effect. I 
I learned this. Somebody, somebody told me about this and it's like, whenever somebody is so different, like once, like you like get to know them, then they like how they look. And I think that's really, that happens a lot. I do that with people where like, if I've only known you through like texting or something, and then I meet you in person and you are just totally different than this idea that I've created for you in my head. And like the voice mm. that I've created when I'm reading the text yeah. and all that it like is sometimes off putting where I'm like, Oh, this isn't at all what I pictured. <laughs> and it's no, not yeah. people. I think people think that like people think that about you. I know that like, I get, my, I get in trouble a lot. My, my dad, like, <laughs> Jessica, stop. I have a really dirty sense of humor and I love to take a joke too far. <laughs> I love to push That's my dad great. to the point where he's like, stop, you're being gross. It's so funny to me. It's the funniest thing ever. But if you looked at me, you would, you would no, not be yeah. like, oh, she's going to make me blush in five minutes. Like, no, no, but I, like that's just something I really, I think that's hilarious. Um, that's it's, funny. It's off putting to a lot of people, but I think it's really funny. And I know that I look like this and it's like, oh, she's sweet and innocent. <laughs> I'm not. See, and I, I forget like, cause I just, I guess I, I don't know if it's me being self-absorbed or me being not aware or what, but I just kind of do my thing, right? Like I don't even mm-hmm. pay attention to necessarily what my appearance says like I want to feel comfortable in how right. I'm showing up and so I feel like if I feel comfortable then that's really all that matters and I sometimes forget that other people look at that and, and make assumptions about me mm-hmm. and that was something that I fought so much as a kid because it was something my mom would always teach me or not always teach me but she would always tell me these things as a kid you know like you can't go out looking like that and I always wanted to be different uh, which yeah. we'll have to do a whole episode on this because it drove my mom crazy mm-hmm. um but even when I was being different or would wear something weird, I still put off a certain perception and people still s- took me a certain way um, based upon, I don't know, the way my face looks. I, I'm not really sure because somebody else could show up and be wearing something the same, mm-hmm. like the same outfit, but they're giving off a totally different vibe and they're perceived differently. And I think this is sometimes what we miss, right? Like, so we idolize these people in Hollywood and then we try to emulate them and we wear their clothes, but we don't always put off the same Mm -mm. persona or same vibe that they do. And it's, it's just really interesting to me. I think it's all about the energy that you have. And that's, that makes me sound like a really big hippie, but I really do believe that. I think like like the wavelength theory that you brought up in another episode, I think like the energy that you put off and stuff like that, like people do receive that in a way that, you know, as much as we want to be like edgy, hip, cool people, we are, (laughs) no, I try to be, Oh, but I may not be edgy and hip, you know, I'm definitely not the trendy one. I kind of make my own style. I feel like my style is like understated. Like I want something that's like really cute, but understated, Um, you know, and that's just who I am. That's who I've pretty much always been except for those who knew me when I was a teenager because I did totally love orange and I did wear some orange patent leather like funky shoes like yeah when we do the whole deep dive into high school stuff I will I did get a little funky with some things that there's no way I would wear now but totally rocked them back then (laughs) but I agree with you I think we have our own energy Mm -hmm. and I I try to wrap my head around this because I'm I'm not a full-blown hippie so I'm not sure all of the science pseudoscience Mm -hmm. behind it but I do think that we respond to other people and I do think that if somebody comes in and they have you know 
uh, uh, some bad energy or maybe some negative energy, like people feel it and they feed off of it, you know, mm-hmm. and it can bring down the whole vibe of a group if somebody comes in and their energy is off, you know, so I don't know how it all works, but I definitely think it's there. Um, as my little cousin who's three would be like, they don't pass the vibe check, which I guess is the new <gasps> oh, thing I love to say, that. but it's so true. And I, so I've noticed that a lot that. more. Yeah. And my friends and I in dating, you know, like, cause you meet a ton of guys online dating and the energy through text, you can't read it. So you just kind of assume that it's yeah. whatever energy you have. And then you meet in person and it's like, you shouldn't ever go out or pursue somebody based on potential. Cause you've got to kind of get to know people and accept them like for where they're at. But like, is the energy that they're giving you matching the energy that you're giving them? Because that energy match is really important, especially in the beginning. Is it the energy you want at that moment? You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? I think that's sometimes missed too, because they can fit everything, right? Like check all the boxes and show up and still have a decent energy, but it may not be the energy that you're looking for. And I think sometimes we miss that. And sometimes we settle or we say, oh, but Mm -hmm. they got everything else. Maybe it was just an off night, you know, and you keep trying and it's just never quite clicks or never quite, you know, makes the sparks. I, so I, I used to be really bad about that. of like, oh, I think like maybe it was just nerves. Maybe I was nervous. Like I I didn't give my best self. Maybe they weren't either. And now, and I would just like end up giving a lot of time to somebody that I shouldn't have because it wasn't, it just wasn't meant to be, it wasn't going to work out. And now I've like noticed that I go on a really date, like really great first date. It's really fun. The conversation's good. It's just not there. And there's no way to really describe it, but it's just this unspoken, like, yeah, it's probably not going to happen again, but I had a really good time for these couple of hours not really interested in doing it again. And it's not because anything was bad or wrong. Like it just, the energy wasn't right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's fair too. I mean, sometimes it's timing, right? Like maybe if you guys were to meet at different times, it might line up or be better Mm -hmm. or different, but uh, it's very interesting to me. And I think a lot of this boils down to intuition. And it's something that I think would I think when we're kids, when we're, when we're young, we just have this natural intuition. And as we get older, I think sometimes we, um, I don't want to say stop listening to it, but I think we get kind of conditioned um, and we get busy with life. And there's a lot of things that we do that, and the ways that we live that just aren't in alignment to really nurture that Mm -hmm. intuition. And so we don't always trust it, or we don't always know how to recognize it. And it's something that as I'm kind of entering this phase of my life or this part of my journey, where I'm really trying to reconnect with that and make that stronger, because I think Mm -hmm. we have such a strong intuition. And I'm going to throw it out there. I think women have of just a stronger intuition than men. Um, Don't hate on me. (laughs) I think they have it too, but I just don't think, I don't know, maybe it's just different. I think it's a different type of intuition. I think maybe they use it in different ways Mm -hmm. than, than women do. Um, but I think it's so important to kind of reconnect with your own energy and who you are. (laughs) Um, Somebody is having a fun night outside. I know. Maybe we should go interview them, right? Like try this out for our first under session. If I wasn't wearing pajama pants underneath maxi dress, I'm not going to be seen in public like that. Hey, you got to own it, right? Yeah. My, my poor neighbors have seen me in some outfits that are not. Oh, it's like the meme, right? Like nobody knows you at your worst. Like the guy that works at the corner store, right? Yeah. (laughs) So true at times, right? 
yeah the amount of times I've like walked out just trying to like sneak away to like go get a Starbucks and I'm like mascara on my face sunglasses on Walmart Uggs not even the good cute kind like the Walmart Uggs (laughs) an oversized t-shirt with shorts on but you're not gonna ever see the shorts and I look, I look busted and he's just like, Hey, and I'm always like, hi. And like run away. <laughs> so like, Oh God, <laughs> that's horrible. And he's going to listen to this. So, Hey, <laughs> yeah. um, so neighbor, we're going to need you to start like being her paparazzi yeah. and then we can do the many no. faces of Jessica. No. <laughs> Jessica's like, no, we I have like a no you. picture rule. <laughs> We've been friends for a while and we just took our first picture together. Not too long ago. Like we don't do pictures. <laughs> <laughs> anything that we've like talked <laughs> in circles <laughs> we've gone from celebrities to consent it's just been a whole thing um but, but it's been fun I've really enjoyed it really fun and now I'm like just wanting to go deep dive Harry Styles to be honest with you I'm gonna watch so many YouTube videos before I go to bed it's you know it's really maybe, a problem <laughs> maybe we do a whole Sandra session just on Harry Styles because I'm super interested in that. him too I mean it's probably different from you. So you may not like me after that Sonder session because I, I think <laughs> it's he's the a little end of weird. Human. Yeah. I think he's a little weird, but not in a, like, I don't judge him. Like do your thing, mm-hmm. rock it if that's how you feel. Um, but some of it is just a little confusing to me. So maybe you can help me better understand. Harry I Styles. would love that. And every time I think of Harry Styles, I think of the fact that he has like four three nipples. or four. Yeah. He has several <laughs> nipples. So every time I hear him, I'm always like, did yeah. you know he has four nipples? And I do this with my daughter all the time. And she's like, mom, gross. And I'm like, I can't, if I have to know he has four nipples, everybody has to know that he has four nipples. <laughs> so for that those of amazing. you that didn't know, Harry Styles totally has four nipples and he's proud mm-hmm. of them. He is not ashamed of it. And it's something it's that he will show you. So it's not like I'm knocking him or making fun mm-hmm. of him. It was just a weird random fact about Harry Styles that totally sticks out for me every time I hear his name. I I love that. I love that. And he, oh gosh, see, I'm like, I, and I, my friend and I were driving in the car this weekend and I was like, Oh, let me let, let, let me let you listen to my college workout playlist, which was a oh, lot no. of just British music. <laughs> I had a weird obsession with British people when That's I was great. in college. Again, love Josie Grossi, obsessed <laughs> with One Direction. So many YouTube videos. I like people have like really good knowledge for trivia and stuff. If you put me on a One Direction trivia team, I would demolish the bar. Like I would be so good at it. And I kept just like telling her these random facts. And she was like, like, did you return anything from college other than one direction? I was like, I really don't think I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's so so hilarious. (laughs) So hilarious. I was like, I was definitely like crushing. I think some of them turned over 18, but like, now that I look back, I'm like, that's gross. I was like crushing on these teenagers as a like 20 year old person. <laughs> That's disgusting. <laughs> but I was, yeah. Harry Styles, so man. I remember when he turned 18, I was like, oh yeah, now there's a chance. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. <laughs> Like there was ever going to actually be a chance, but in my mind, there might be. Well, I don't know. He's now with Olivia Wilde, which I never would have put them two together. And they're like 10 years apart. So mm-hmm. apparently age isn't an issue for him. So, you know, yeah. there might be a chance. Yeah, if he ever rolls through Houston and we just happen to be at the same gas station, I don't, it's yeah. like, I, there's I no way. Know. I don't know where the chance would occur, but you know, you got to put it out there into the world, you know, if Maybe. you want it. What is Start it? Doing some like um, positive affirmations around me meeting Harry Styles. Again, you know, I keep oversharing on these podcasts and I will become undateable by the end of <laughs> <laughs> this. 
Oh, I'm sure there is a Harry Styles fan club member out there who, no. who thinks that you're totally cool. So, oh no, I have I do I do divulge this though when I'm dating somebody. I'm like, look, like I like you a lot. I'm, I'm into you, but like you're never gonna be Harry Styles. So like if he comes on the TV, you're chopped liver for a minute for as long as he's on the that television. That is you're so liver. funny. And, it's been like one of those things like, okay. And I'm like, you can have whatever celebrity you want to, or we just know, like it's the hall pass. Like uh, I fully am like, I, I will love you. But if Harry Styles ever asked, I'd be like, mm-hmm, for sure. <laughs> you're so funny. I'm not giving my husband a hall pass. So if you're listening, babe, sorry, you're out of luck. Uh, I'm not as cool as Jessica. There's no hall pass here. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, but I don't hero. have one either. Like I don't have oh, yeah. a person that I'm like obsessed with. So I guess that's the difference. I'm telling you, you should jump on the train. It's a good one. I I can't (laughs) jump on the Harry Styles train. I'm sorry. Um, But I'll find somebody to jump on the train, I guess, with, but it won't be Matthew McConaughey. No, I love Matthew McConaughey and I'm obsessed with them, but not like so much physically. Like I don't have like that kind of Mm -hmm. physical attraction Mm -hmm. to, to Matthew McConaughey. I just, I just like him as a person and like hit the way he lives his life and that sort of thing. That's fair. I used to think that I was really into Henry Cavill. And then he's like, he's like, I don't know who that is. He's the guy that played Superman. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful man. I mean, just rock. I used to be obsessed with Channing Tatum, but like before he got really popular. Mm -hmm. So this is my problem. Like I really like people until other people start to like them. And then I don't like them anymore. I I still like Channing Tatum. Like he's, I still like Channing Tatum. I mean, he's a very handsome man, but I don't like him like I used to, like back in the day before yeah. nobody else was obsessed with him. That's fair. I feel like, yeah, you're very much like hipster vibes. Like, mm, I guess I, I liked it before it was cool. Now I'm over it. Yeah. This is how I was growing up all the time too. And this is my example. So this is older than you. So this is not going to sound cool to you. But back in the day when I was a teenager, I really, really wanted plaid pants and they had to be cut a certain way with a little bit of a bell because bell bottoms were starting to come in. Mm -hmm. And, um, we searched, I made my mom search like everywhere for these. I had a vision and I used to drive her crazy. This because I always had a vision of something I wanted (laughs) and we could never find it. Well, then they started to become popular. My mom's like, oh, look, I found plaid pants everywhere. And I'm like, oh no, those are not cool now. She's like, everybody's wearing them. I'm like, that's why they're not cool now. Like I, and she, (laughs) she hated shopping with me as a kid. Um, But I've always been that way. I've always, I always really liked things, but then once they become super popular, I don't like it anymore. Over it. I get that. Well, I know I I very much like the trends. I'm, I'm such a target and old Navy girl. It's ridiculous. But I've really ventured into Amazon and gotten a little bit more bold with my fashion choices. And I, I went to get a tattoo the other day at this most hardcore shop. And I was walking in. And I was like, I look like a folk singer from Salt Lake City. Oh. And I'm walking in and there's like these see that. guys getting like hardcore tattoos, like just full on sleeves. And I'm like, I'll have my Braille now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't look like the person that would get tattoos. And the people in the shop were just like giggling. I, I swear they were just making fun of me. I was like, God, I really, I do like tattoos. Hey, and it's just like, I don't care what they say. You got your Meraki tattoo, which I, I don't, did, I don't know if we shared this on the we podcast. Did. did we? So for all of those out there, Jessica's fully committed to the Meraki. She's got her tattoo yeah. and I'm a slacker. I will get it. <laughs> I'll get it eventually, but I just haven't yet. Um, but yeah, I, I think that, but it goes back to my whole thing is don't judge people by Mm-mm. their appearance because you never know what they're about and I Absolutely think that's not. what's really cool like that's something that 
I think I slipped away from as I got older, just because you get, I think, lost Mm -hmm. in the hustle and bustle. And as you're trying to like build your career and do certain things, there are sometimes, you know, things you have to do and things you have to wear or present a certain way because that's the culture of the place you're working at or whatever the case may be. And I think you kind of slip away from that individuality and being comfortable with who you are, even if it is a little different from the norm or what people expect Mm -hmm. of you or whatever the case may be. And I think kind of reconnecting with that and finding that has been really fun for me. And it's just made me feel like a 14 year old girl again at times where it's like, you know what, I don't care what you think of me because I'm going to wear this whether you like it or not. Yeah. <laughs> and my I'm daughter not will do that. You. It's yeah. Because she'd be like, I can't believe you're going to wear that, mom. Those are not cool. And I'm like, mm, I think they're cool. And I'm wearing them. <laughs> so sorry if your little teeny bobber friends don't like it. <laughs> don't and care. they will. They will. Like I yes. now look back at clothes that my mom had growing up. And gosh, I really wish that she still had those because I would love yeah. to wear that. She steals my stuff all the time. Don't let her lie. Like she has taken all kinds of stuff of mine and being like, oh, these are mine now. And I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I think when I bought those, you told me they were gross, but you know, what else? <laughs> well, we'll have to deep dive that in a future episode, just like a clothing podcast. Oh yeah. Cause I also not. am really interested in guy clothing too. Like yeah. I'm so insanely jealous of how guys get to dress. It's I'm ridiculous. really hoping bell bottoms come back. Not the full bell bottoms, but the small bells. I really think they're due for a comeback. I'm really, I really want them oh. to come back. Cause you kind of miss those. I don't think they were really there in your time. Uh, were you? I had flare jeans. Um, but I'm so short that the flare jeans, I will never go back. Like I always had like the oh. rib in them and then just the soggy bottom ankle flare. No. See, yeah, I was tall. I have long legs. So the bells, I can pull the bells off. Mm-hmm. I kind of need and them I'm to like come back. I'm too curvy for that. Like I just was like, and it was not good. <laughs> <laughs> for those of you that didn't see that, I just like did like an, like a weird, like zigzag with my hand. It wasn't good. And I like to wear like long flowy tops. And so if I do that yeah. with like a flare jean, I See. do look like a very much, I look like Janice Joplin with the curly hair, the like long, Janice flowy. Was, Janice I would love the shit. Yeah. See, well, and like, I can't do the long flowy tops. They're cute, but I have really big hips. And so like my, I lose my waist. Like I actually have a waist and the long flowy tops, like make me just look like a giant like rectangle because I have like the broader shoulders and then I have the hips. And so mm-hmm. I just like a big box and it looks weird. So I get jealous that you guys can wear the flowy tops because they're super cute. And I just, I just can't do it. It I makes my butt look it. huge. <laughs> I just built it. Did that the ways? Let it flow everywhere else. Camouflage stuff. Love it. <laughs> yeah, that's a big deal in Texas. It's not as popular here in Florida. I wish it would be, but it's it's not quite the same style. I will say Texas has its own unique style um, mm-hmm. from other states, and sometimes I love it, and sometimes I'm like, oh, that's totally Texas. Oh yeah, I went to New York and I tried to dress so New York, and I looked I looked like the nanny. Like, that's like that's really all like that I had to go off of so I was like wearing ankle boots tights like plaid skirts and turtlenecks and like my little wrap jacket just feeling so cute and my cousin was like what the hell are you wearing you're in that's okay I don't change my style for any of it so like even when we were in Europe I think I told you this before like I totally wore my flip-flops I'm like the only person in the entire country that is wearing flip-flops and I'm like I don't care I like my flip-flops let's go you know um and I'm sure they were like oh look at this tourist coming down the street those funky sandal shoes we don't even make those in this country (laughs) but I love I love my flip-flops I will wear them anywhere 
they I guarantee they were not judging you they probably weren't they're probably like who we didn't even see her walk by but I did totally wear them I was not going to try to conform and I don't know that I could even pull off the European style it's different oh I've tried I've tried tennis shoes and dresses I look I just I don't have the vibe I don't have the vibe for that I'm too American I think for that I don't know if that's a thing but oh I was like trying to like pull my giant suitcase along the cobblestone like they heard me coming from a mile away and they're like she's a tourist yeah with my buddy in Greece is carrying like (laughs) (laughs) I know they're so cute with their little scooters and they you know can have their dresses and their big heels and they're and I'm like I don't even know how you walk on the cobblestones in your heels but let alone ride a scooter and a dress and heels like you guys are rocking it I'm like a hot mess I'd be giving everybody a peep show around here like it would not be cute like I I'm not made for the European stuff I, I, I wanted to be Greek so bad. I really was just like, <laughs> I want to meet a Greek man. I want to fall in love. I'm going to stay here. It didn't happen yet. I know. <laughs> I'm well, not giving up on it. One day we're going to be able to take the show on the road. We're going to do it from a castle somewhere. And we're maybe, maybe that'll be the right time. Yeah. Let's go interview that cheesemaker in Ia who yeah. is going to retire soon. The olive oil maker or something. Mm-hmm. Olive oil's big over there. The hot guy of it. Cut some trees. <laughs> I'm thirsty yeah. tonight. There is something wrong with me. <laughs> you know, in parts of Italy, you know, the lemons, like the limoncello and all of the lemon mm-hmm. farms. I mean, any Ooh. any kind of farm, whatever, you know, they're gonna have to have some good farming. Absolutely. Okay, so I'm gonna leave everybody with this thought. Go watch fat salt, fat, acid, heat on Netflix. You'll ne- like I've never been so like I have to go to Europe right now. It's I've the most never heard beautiful. Of this. It's this? a cooking show. It's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And the host, the way she talks about food, it's like borderline sexual, but in a good way. Mm-hmm. Which I know that didn't sell it very well for people. <laughs> but no, like she you're just very passionate so and sensual it. about yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. I was like, oh wow. Like she could literally describe dog shit and I would want to eat it the way she describes food is crazy (laughs) (laughs) you know not that I want you to ever leave intentionally human but I feel like we need to do a baking episode um, (laughs) because I think that you would be hilarious in the kitchen I'm a hot mess in the kitchen I'm like really good at what I do but I am just like covered in flour from head to toe I think you should constantly washing my hands we should do a show where you're like teaching me how to bake something let's do it I we're gonna do it okay this is my deal so for all of y'all that are listening like if you guys can get us to I don't know what 400 listens okay well that's that's like right around the corner (laughs) like if we can get to like I don't know let's say what how many how many followers we have on Instagram ish like 200 200 now something okay we get to 500 Instagram followers I'll fly to Texas we'll do a show together and you can teach me how to bake something yes we'll make I will let you drink wine I can't drink wine and bake because I start switching up ingredients oh I will totally be drinking (laughs) okay good you'll have to drink for two um (laughs) because I have tried that before and I mix my salt and sugar up in a in a thing (laughs) they're beautiful but horrible Okay. So that's my deal. We'll do that. And I think this should be like a regular for our show because I Mm -hmm. think there's a lot of stuff that we could do together that would be super entertaining. Yeah. I feel like we should get our chakras read or something together. I think that would be so funny. 
I would absolutely, I don't think, it, I think fun. I would be really into it. I was like, you might, I think you would think it's really funny. And I think I would like be too into it. And then I'd be like the shocker girl. I'd be like, oh, you know, like my chakras have just been filling off because I would totally, I love that stuff. I, love I like it. it too, but I think it would be funny because I think you would be super into it. And I would be the one yeah. saying, do you see Jessica? Her chakras be- are off. <laughs> Would. I'd be like start all this, throwing like, crystals at her to see if her chakras realign. <laughs> Look, I do need to sage myself again. It's time. <laughs> that's great. Okay, so that's our plan for the show. We're gonna mm-hmm. we're gonna there incorporate go. that somehow. So, so y'all gotta go happen. watch Netflix, and then y'all gotta get us to 500 followers on Instagram, and we will be coming back at y'all soon with the Sonder session next. Oh no, not next because we gotta. Um, we. We're going to do an April show first and then the Saunders session. Oh, 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 oh and right. I think we've decided y'all that we're going to test the waters with the Saunders session with our first um, interview being my husband. So yes. kind of cool, kind of scary, but it's also, I thought at first that this was going to be kind of like a safe first interview. So that would give us some practice, mm-hmm. but I kind of feel like he might keep us on our toes. So it may be yeah. pretty interesting. He's going to make I'm us excited. work for this interview. This is my first time to ever meet Nick and I'm really excited. I feel like I know him, but I've never met him or seen I know. him. <laughs> it's crazy, right? So it's going to be yeah. fun. So you guys stick with us and keep coming back because we got some really cool stuff coming. Definitely. Bye y'all. <laughs>